0: BLOB TALK RADIO
2: Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left to Straight Show, everyone. It is Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. Hope you're having a fantastic week so far. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. The interns have the night off again. Guys, thanks for tuning in. I've had a great day today here in Northeast Ohio. A little rainy, but it wasn't super hot or super muggy. And it's just been a nice, relaxing day. I got a lot of little things done that I needed to get done. And I'm looking forward to jumping into the weekend tomorrow. Hope you guys are all doing the same. If you missed last night's episode, it was a good one, guys. We have started off with our Pop Culture Minute, as we do every Wednesday, with our special correspondents, Josh and Jeff from J&J Buzz, usually from Nashville, Tennessee, but yesterday they were – on location in naples florida so that was kind of fun then we had two great guest interviews last night first up was brian or excuse me brian ryan bayless was on he's a actor director writer he's a cinematographer he is a foodie he does it all and just a really cool lgbtq straight ally and i love him for it he's done some great uh, queer films as well as everything else he's been doing, but just a great ally to the community and a good human being. So uh, it was a great interview with Ryan last night, and then we finished it off. My second interview was with Lindsay Amer, and Lindsay is the producer, writer, star, and creator of Queer Kid Stuff. It's an amazing web series, now a podcast, educational series teaching younger kids what it means to be gay and done in a very non-threatening and very uh, affirming way. And Lindsay does it fantastically. Um, They is just killing it with their content. She's actually – they are actually going – Lindsay uses the pronouns they, there. and I am always horrible with pronouns. Unfortunately, it's some mental block to my head. But they do amazing work, and uh, you need to check out Queer Kid Stuff. So that was last night's show. You can always check it out. Your favorite podcast distributor, go to iTunes or Google Podcasts or iHeartRadio or Spotify or whatever blows your hair back on there. And tonight for you, I got, we're doing Music Monday on a Thursday. I know, mind blown. This is the second week we've had two weeks of music, two days of Music Mondays. So, and you're going to thank me for it later. Uh, we have the amazing acapella group, T3. If you've not heard of them yet, you're living your life wrong. They are killing it on social media, on Instagram, on TikTok. Facebook, YouTube, everywhere. T3 is composed of three amazing actors, singers: uh, Jim Hogan, who been on Broadway touring companies; Liam Fennekin, also Broadway touring companies; Brendan uh, Jacob Scott done ama- uh, Smith. me, Brendan Jacob Smith, done some amazing work at Ithaca College. And is creating new music with his brother right now. We had a great interview yesterday while they were on a super secret undisclosed location um, putting some new music together for us. Because they have been killing it in quarantine doing these great videos and arrangements separately from their own apartments. So they were able to get away and quarantine together. Safely in an undisclosed location. We're going to have some new music from them. So I'm excited that I had a chance to talk to them yesterday. I'm going to bring that interview to you in just a couple seconds. And then after that, we're going to keep the music playing with Caleb Rudy. Caleb was brought to my attention by our good friend Matt Kai Burmaster up in Canada. Matt's brought some great, great people to us, of course. And uh, we had a great interview. He is an actor, a singer, a songwriter himself. Created some web series and some other television series. And he's got this great music out called Teen Movie, which is amazing. So two good interviews for you today. We we're supposed to have every other Thursday, we have our Mental Health Minute. And our resident psychologist, Jacob Talego. But he wasn't able to make us. They had some stuff going on at the office, so we were not able to get Jacob on tonight. So we're going to skip our mental health minute, and we will do it in two weeks for you. So we're going to go directly into the show today. There's not too much on my radar out there. Ohio today, as you all know, I broadcast out of Northeast Ohio. Ohio's statewide mask initiative went into effect at 6 o'clock tonight, three hours ago is now mandatory to wear your masks outside anywhere in Ohio if you're not social distance. So that happened today. That's really the only big news going on on my radar right now as far as just, just a bunch of little things. But I want to go right into these interviews because we have some great music coming at you. So let's go ahead and get right into it. We're going to play a mashup medley of some of my favorite T3s a cappella versions of some songs. And we'll do their interview and take a little break, and then we're going to come back with Caleb Rudy. Hey, next week, guys, we're going to be starting all live interviews. These have been all new interviews all season long. We have not done a repeat yet, but we, um, I'm doing a lot of pre-tapes just because it's easier for the artists and the people coming on because of weird quarantine stuff. Everyone's at home now. But we're going to try to start doing as many lives as we can from here on out. So next week, every day, Monday through Friday, we have a live interview at 6.15. We're going to try to have some at 7 o'clock as well. Otherwise, they will be pre-taped. But we'll have at least one live interview a day, hopefully from here on out. I'm excited about that. But these two pre-tape interviews I did just this week, great music artists. And let's jump right into it. So, guys, enjoy the show. I'll be back to wrap things up at the end. Live here from beautiful downtown Northeast Ohio. You're listening to Left of Straight Show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network.
0: My dear, I wanna be where the people are I wanna see wanna see them dancing, strolling around down the what's that word again? Street.
2: That was a mix of your song from The God That Is Elton John, Words Fail from the hit Broadway smash Dear Evan Hansen, and Part of Your World from Disney's The Little Mermaid from my next guest on the show today. And I want to be part of their world, guys. They've been killing it on social media, whether TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you can find social media, you're going to find these beautiful three part harmonies and amazing sounds covering some of the best of Broadway and music hits out there. Several of you have accomplished in acting, singing, and songwriting, but when the wonder triplets' power activate, they become the powerful T3 and their music comes pouring out in a socially distant hallway or a quarantined apartment near you. Let's welcome to the show for the first time the three handsome and talented men of T3, Mr. Jim Hogan, Mr. Liam Fennekin, and Mr. Brendan Jacob Smith. Gentlemen, how are we doing today?
1: Wow. Hi. What an introduction. (laughs) Thank you. Wow.
2: Wow. Thank you so much. I am so happy to have you guys on the Dulcet Wonder Twin Wonder Criplet Power activated here. How are you guys doing? And uh, Beautiful. You guys are usually socially distanced, as I said, in your singing lately, but you guys are on a secret location quarantined together right now. What's going on? You guys doing okay?
1: (laughs) That's right. We decided to self-isolate uh I'll let these guys decide whether the, loca- the location is secret or not but we we are together uh for uh the foreseeable, or just for a, a little time here uh, outside of New York City outside of our apartments uh in hopes to make some content and um you know just to uh, spread a little joy as as we continue to get through this weird time
2: <laughs> There you go fantastic well you guys have been killing it I mean it's just kind of amazing how you guys are able to pull this all together from three different locations and just mix it together. Are you doing your own mixing work besides the arranging or how is this all coming together? It's uh, mostly uh, when we're away, it's, it's
3: mostly Jim doing all, all of his mixing. He's the, he's the wizard on the, on the computer. Uh, I don't have the uh, technical ability to do that. (laughs) We're getting there maybe (laughs) one day, but uh, yeah, right now Jim's been, been in charge of putting all of it, in one place, and he's I, I did a pretty awesome. Job.
4: Absolutely crushing it, in my opinion. Yeah, Jim, thank
1: you for that. Thanks,
2: bro. Literally just like <laughs>
1: flying by the seat, just trying to learn something each time we put a new song out.
2: There you go. I like it. It's coming together quite well. Let's go ahead and introduce you all to my listeners a little bit first. We'll start one at a time. Give me your background, where you grew up, and what kid were you back then, Jim? We'll start with you. <laughs>
1: Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm from the suburbs of Philadelphia. Uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania, which is um, in Montgomery County, and uh, I started singing in a Catholic boys choir. My mom put me in a boys choir when I was eight, Uh, so I kind of like got bit by the music bug relatively young, Um, and then I would say as I got into high school, I started to do theater, uh, both at my high school and at a couple community theaters, and then um, Auditioned for colleges, uh, ended up at Penn State where I got a BFA in musical theater, uh, and then uh, moved to New York, did a couple shows, and then uh, was lucky enough to meet these two along the way. And now we get to um, create some pretty cool stuff every week. So it's been great.
2: Awesome. And Liam, I think I saw a video of you and Jim together doing a senior project. Uh, Tell me (laughs) how that came together, but give me your background first yeah
3: oh that's a good find, yeah, great find. <laughs> See, that incredible. Um, i uh I'm actually also from uh the Philadelphia area. Yeah. I'm from Bucks County, a little town called Pipersville um but me and Jim didn't know each other growing up or anything. We ended up meeting in college singing music um but I always did music in school uh sang at, at church and then started doing bands and stuff and I was in a little punk band in, in middle school and high school. That was, <laughs> I never grew out of my emo phase. I'm still kind of there. Um, we had a good time. <laughs> but then I got to college and I didn't really know what acapella was. And Jim asked me to be in this acapella group. And here we are. Uh-huh. But uh, I was a, uh, a BA theater major at Penn state. Um, and Jim was a musical theater major and all the musical theater majors have to do a, uh, What was it called? A showcase? Oh right, right. Well
1: yeah, it's not required, but you can do like a like a senior recital recital kind of thing. Type vibe.
3: Yeah, and and Jim was uh, kind enough to just allow me to do it with him, and we we made it both of our senior recital. You know, I wasn't really supposed to have one, but we we had a great time.
1: Trust me, it was much better this way.
2: There you uh, go. Well, you I were killing that. it. You had your classmates laughing, and uh, you hit some notes there that most people couldn't hit. So I was pretty impressed, I got to tell you.
1: Pretty yeah. funny stuff. <laughs> I love that
2: you that Brendan,
1: the you. And, Brendan, let's bring you into the season. fold
2: here. Let's listen a little bit about your background, and I want you to introduce the kind of impetus of this. You guys were all in a group called Hyanna Sound out in Cape Cod. Tell me about your background, and tell me about that group a little bit, and how that brought you guys all together.
4: Yeah, uh that is a great question. It uh let me just first say uh I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and um I grew up you were asking uh, what we were like as, as kids, and I would say I was uh pretty uh pretty into skateboarding and surfing and stuff like that. So I, I kind of had I was under the assumption that that would be what I was going to do in life. And I uh <laughs> I discovered rock and roll and uh and music and that kind of led me into doing theater and kind of eventually led me to do acapella music. Uh, and I went to LaGuardia High School in New York City, and I studied voice there. So I kind of was introduced to classical voice and all different types of music. But um, I wasn't really introduced uh, to acapella until I was in college, at Ithaca College. And um, from there, I auditioned for Hyana Sound, which this was this group on Cape Cod that I had seen YouTube videos of, and I'd actually seen clips of Jim and Liam both performing in, uh, in Hyena Sound in various years. And the two of them being theater nerds, just like I was, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of inspired me to audition for this group. And they were in the group at a completely different time than I was in it. But seeing them kind of made me realize that this was the kind of thing that I would really, uh, <laughs> I would really dig. And uh, so right when I got, uh, got back, to New York City after graduating Ithaca College. Uh, I basically hit them up. I, I straight up just DM'd them.
1: Slid right in. <laughs> Slid right to
4: their DM. And I was like, you guys want to sing something in my stairwell and hang out? And uh, <laughs> yeah. so they came over to my house in Brooklyn, and we we sang the song, Into the Unknown. And from there, the rest is kind of history. We, uh, we put it up on TikTok and Instagram and all that, and it kind of people – liked it, I think, yeah. I hope,
0: yeah. and
4: uh, from then on, we've kind of just been making music on a weekly basis ever since, and that's kind of, it all kind of started from us being theater nerds and wanting to make music together,
2: so I'm happy that we're still doing it. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. I love that. See, you as a straight guy can invite these guys over to the stairwell and sing, and to me, it sounds like a grinder profile. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Very, very cool. I love it. Well, let's go into a little more background before we start talking about bringing the sound together. I love that you guys shared a little bit about yourself on your TikTok video. So we'll go into that and start with Liam. Dad likes colors, still an emo, as you said, laughs at everything, sings really high with glasses. But let's also <laughs> talk about your performance career. I mean, School of Rock, Once, uh, American Idiot Chores. Talk about that theater background, and I want to know about colors. What colors are we in love with? <laughs> Ooh, good question. Uh, I've, I'm really just kind of into the
3: whole 90s color aesthetic, turquoises and pinks and just bright, bright, obnoxious colors.
2: <laughs>
3: nice. A little loud. Uh, but I – I don't know in, in theater. I, I did it in high school. It was a fun thing and, and I, I enjoyed it, but I never really thought of it uh, to do it for a career. And I ended up going to Penn state originally for animal science. Um, Cause I wanted to like work in a zoo and, and do animal behavior stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then when I got there, I started hanging out with the theater people and I was like, oh, I, I want to do that. So I ended up switching. <laughs> um And then, luckily, after I graduated, after, like, two years of auditioning, I ended up on the non-equity tour of American Idiot, which was awesome. I loved doing that show. Everybody I worked with was so awesome. And, like, just because I I am just a little emo boy, I got to (laughs) sing Green Day songs (laughs) and headbang on stage and get paid for it. It was awesome. (laughs) Uh, And then I, I got to do Once. Which was incredible, and I I learned so many new instruments, and hopefully became a better musician because of it. Uh, and then recently, I got to do uh, the School of Rock tour around the U.S. I was an understudy. It was awesome. And then I got a promotion to be the Dewey alternate in the Korea tour. So I spent about six months in Korea last year, just doing School of Rock, which was incredible
2: i've That's been amazing. I've been pretty
3: lucky and and now that there's no shows going on, we got two dudes to sing with, so it's uh there's always something it's fun, very cool
2: and yeah. let's go back to you, Brandon. I mean, you did all your acting in college stuff, so, but I want to talk about your music because when I was doing my research, I saw you and your brother Damon just killing it on there. I can't believe you both sing high. I don't know how that happens, <laughs> but talk to me about um when the world gets fixed a bit, because I, you guys give so much on the three of your songs we're going to talk about later, giving back to charities. You and your brother are doing that, and then let's talk about your profile. Also, a cat dad, uh, loves hiking, mm-hmm. sings really high in glasses. But let's talk about when the world gets fixed, and you and your brother singing together.
4: Yeah, thank you so much for uh, for bringing that up. That um, yeah, my brother and I have been writing songs together since middle school. Uh, so it was kind of one of those things that we wanted to release uh, a new song uh, as a kind of a duo for a long time. We just had been living in two different places. I was in college and he was uh, off in Philadelphia living there with his girlfriend. And so since we were quarantined together, we, were, we kind of felt like it was a, you know, a difficult situation. But the fact that we were together and we got to write some music together kind of made, put, uh, put some light into a pretty dark, dark time for us. So we uh we wrote this song called mm-hmm. When the World's Get When the World Gets Fixed. It was kind of just about how we were feeling at the time. Uh I don't want to say too much about the lyrics cuz I think lyrics you kind of should just let them whoever wants inter- interpret uh interpret them. It's kind of up to them. Um but it right. basically was just derived from the feeling of uh being stuck and feeling like we couldn't really do anything about how crazy the world was and and uh so yeah, that's that's what it kind of came up came about from, and we've been writing songs since then, and we actually have a new album that's coming out in the next couple of months. So we have uh, about eight or nine songs that are going to be on that, that we wrote during quarantine. And uh, we're really excited about that.
2: Congratulations, dude. That is awesome. I love that. All right, Jim, let's get back to you here. Your profile, dad vibes, allergic (laughs) to cats, Uh, wishes you were a better athlete, Finds Lampshades Overrated and Sings High. Okay, I want to know why all three of you guys put Sings High in there.
1: Yeah, I just don't think people realize that we all sing very high, so we just want to make sure (laughs) you had that information. In case you didn't know. We want to make sure that information was paramount. In case
2: we didn't know. But let's talk about your great work, too. I mean, the Waitress Tour, Phantom, Spring Awakening. Talk about your foray into the acting as well, because you've been killing it on stage there. And talk about what drew you to that.
1: Oh, thanks, Scott. Uh, Yeah, I mean... I, like I said, like I I started doing theater in high school and it was really just uh, something fun. Um, Like I, as you mentioned, I I always wanted to be a better athlete. I, I played sports all in elementary school and high school, but I always mostly rode the bench. And so I think I found theater as like an outlet where people were actually willing to give me a chance. Uh, I was kind (laughs) of like uh, you know I was lucky enough to get some leads and stuff. I was like oh like people are responding to this in a positive way. Like maybe I should move away from uh, sports and uh, and so I guess really um, like I said it was it was this one community theater production in high school that I did um, a version of Ragtime where I actually met some kids who were in college studying theater and musical theater and I that was the first time in my life I was 17 at that point that I like found out that you could pursue theater as a career and all these all this stuff. I didn't I I didn't visit New York much as a kid, even though I was pretty close. I just like that wasn't um what I was exposed to. And so I was lucky enough to get into Penn State and then my first um semester or second semester there, freshman year, took a trip with a bunch of seniors who were going to New York City to audition for um the Spring Awakening tour. And uh I was kind of just like, I've never auditioned for anything. I just want to like have that experience. And I ended up right. getting it, which was great. But then um, I had to uh, take a year off of school, so I left Penn State that year. And I did um, I did the Spring Awakening tour, and then came back to finish school because I, while I was out there, I really felt like uh, my own castmates were just amazing actors and performers, and it just I felt like they had skills that I did not. So I, I wanted to go back and keep training. And then I was, I got, I've gotten pretty lucky, you know, after school I I did a couple of regional shows and then ended up on the Phantom tour and uh, went straight from there to the waitress first national tour. And um, it's been a really lucky ride, I guess I could say. Uh, And also a fun one. So yeah,
2: it's been great. Fantastic. Well, Liam, talk to me about that first day in the uh, stairwell there when you guys first came together what were the expectations going into it? And when did you kind of get a little aha moment? Like this might be something. Uh, I mean, really didn't
3: have any expectations going into it. Like Brendan said, he literally just kind of out of the blue said, Hey, do you guys want to come over and sing? And I was like, Jim, are you going to go do this? And he was like, "Yes." I was like, okay, let's go hang out with Brendan, see what happens. And we were just hanging out by the piano and decided to do into the unknown. And, kind of just threw ideas out for like an hour and a half and just worked on it together. And then we're like, you want to go record this at the stairwell? It'll sound really good. (laughs) So we just went into the stairwell and it happened to be where everything (laughs) kind of took off. Um, But we knew when we were recording it, we were like, this is, this is good guys. Like, this is kind of cool. Like, (laughs) I like this. We it, it, we didn't really expect anyone to see it. We're, I mean, we obviously were going to post it, but none of us had huge followings or anything. So we were just kind of right. doing it for us to, to sing together. And then we had a good time and it came out well. And we were like, yeah, let's do this again sometime guys. And then we posted it the next day and we are it <clears throat> blew up. And then we're like, all right, I guess we have to do this now, <laughs> which is great. Cause we're having a great time, but yeah it just kind of came out of nowhere and happened to work out really well.
2: <laughs> that is so cool well jim you're they're they're giving you all the props on the arrangement here. Let's talk about that. How are you arranging via Skype or whatever you're doing? How are you guys figuring out these arrangements in separate locations? Oh, oh yeah, no, so
1: I'm, I'm actually not, what, what, my favorite part about this group is uh, there is no soul arranger. Uh, when we when we were doing the uh, videos together in the stairwell, we essentially would take like a, two, two hours or so to arrange it together. Um, you know, we'd decide on what song we were going to sing, and then someone would shout out an idea for this particular part. Well, maybe this would sound cool, or, or maybe this run would uh, fit particularly well in this Certain phrase, and then we'd kind of clump all these ideas together and kind of have the arrangement. So then, once we got into the quarantine-style videos, um, uh, what has changed is we now the three of us hop on a Zoom call, and uh, I'm I'm sitting in front of my keyboard at home, and they're sitting in front of their uh, on their desks and stuff, and we're all kind of like we've decided on a song, and the same kind of process happens. Uh, we decide, you know, most of our videos, as you'll notice, are are somewhere right around. Uh, one minute to two minutes and and rarely longer than that. And, you know, we have reasons for that that I'm sure we'll get into later, but um, we, we pick the song and and the arrangement process stays the same. It's just that now as we're arranging, I'm notating the music into my um, sheet music notation software. I use Sibelius. uh, And then I am able to export a click track from there that these guys can listen to, to keep uh, us in tempo uh, and also it's playing their parts pretty loud with our parts relatively quietly so that they have a frame of reference for the rest of the arrangement and then once the videos are made that's where the um what you're getting is just audio of that person's part put together without any other bleed um so then we just stack the three parts on top of each other in pro tools and, and give it a little mix and uh
2: and that's kind of how it works and there is the magic. I love it. Brendan, talk to me about the logo. I was having a fight here. Is it T3, three tenors, or is it 3T, TikTok three? i, don't, I I've heard both. I don't know. Give me T3, the origin, and then let's give a shout-out to whoever did your artwork for your logo, because it's amazing.
4: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, that is a good question. I think it's kind of whatever you want it to be. Uh, <laughs> I think TikTok tenors just the name that we kind of like threw out there to be like, yeah, I guess we're tenors and we put this on TikTok. So that's the TikTok tenors. And so that kind of like stuck. I think we were just looking at this. It has like three and a half million ha- hashtags like people have put that. I don't know what that even means, but we were we were, <laughs> we were were like, okay, TikTok tenors. I wonder what that would also, you know, what name would also encapsulate that without being called like TikTok in our names, you know, because we don't want first of all, to run it to any legal issues. But second of all, like if TikTok isn't a thing in a year, then we'll still be known as the TikTok tenors. And, you know, that doesn't really, uh, I guess it's not going to be still relevant, you know? So uh, we figured T3 would be a a good way to encapsulate TikTok tenors, you know, tenors times three, uh, whatever you kind of want it to be, to be honest. And our logo was designed by our incredible friend, Rob Stewart. Um, he has a company called Transit Authorities. Figures. Transit Authority Figures. Um, and they are an amazing company that designs everything from uh, logos for colleges to uh, logos for maps and different yeah, things. Exactly um, branding. But yeah, Rob Stewart is also a, an alumni of Hyana Sound. He was in the group in 1994. Oh, nice. So we met him through that, and we were just fortunate enough to uh to you know experience the high and the sound as well as him and so that's how we kind of all all met it's pretty wild that that kind of a thing can bring all these people together
2: and uh we're really grateful for it i bet that is so awesome well jim talk about it i alluded to it when i was talking to brendan earlier about him and his brother giving back you guys have made these thursday videos and everything where you are um, doing these songs and you're picking a different organization to give back to as well. I love the heart that that comes from. Talk about that decision the three of you made to do that and uh, what's that meant to you guys as part of your journey on this.
1: If our videos are giving joy and are, are, are being seen by however many people per week, I think there's no reason we can't share that love a little bit with some really incredible organizations that are doing amazing work in this time. Uh, and so that's kind of like where the idea came from. And, and we've, we've, uh, you know, been researching and, and, and finding uh cool organizations that we identify with and, and, and just enjoy their work. And that's, uh, that's the shortest way I can say it,
2: I think, is we just
1: want to find a way to give back and it's been really great.
2: Well, it's very much appreciated. And I think with everything culminating over the last few months and, uh, things happening through the pandemic and through black lives matter and everything. It's just important. I think that we kind of look out for our fellow man, just that you guys are doing that on top of this as you're creating and starting out. is a pretty amazing way to start things. So good on all three of you for doing that. Uh, Liam, I want to go to you talk to me. I like that you guys are starting to bring these collaborations in with you. You had Alex Brightman earlier Tyler Johnson-Campion, I mean, the last one, Julia Gargano, was fantastic. Talk about bringing the extra person in the mix, how that is working out, and who is maybe some dream collaborations you guys have thrown out there.
0: Ooh, that's
2: (laughs) a good question. Uh,
3: They've all kind of come together differently. Um, Alex Brightman Twitter Twitter. just tweeted at tweeted at us and was like, hey, like I wanna can I join or something? <laughs> I think I asked him, but like he was like, but immediately game. yeah was was down for it immediately, and then, so basically, we did the same arrangement style, and Jim just sent him a click track to sing to, and then just said, Go for it, and then we arranged the song around his solo, and he's awesome, yeah, um, it's a great amazing. And then Julia uh, went to high school with Brendan. Uh, So we were just thinking about people that we know that are talented, that we would like to collaborate with. And and Julia was totally down. Um, And she actually joined us like on our little ranging zoom call and, and and helped us figure that one out. So that was awesome. All of them are just kind of people we know or like have like a loose connection to. Um, We have some exciting ones coming up that, are really gonna be awesome for us that I don't think we wanna like unround. Oh, sure. No but we're but we're excited about them. um dream collabs. Ooh, where are some dream
2: collabs? Yeah each of you give me one dream collab that you would like to collab with. We'll inch. let each of you choose one.
3: Ooh, you go first. Do you have one? If you have one go. Um
2: <laughs>
1: uh, Regina Specter? Yeah sure. Ooh nice,
2: nice. I don't
1: know why it's I'm. Just, well, that was the first thing that popped into my head. I don't I'm know. Hesitating.
3: <laughs> I, I, loved, I love. I love. I love Lauv. I think he um, makes awesome bedroom pop, and I want to work with him in general in life. I don't
0: know.
3: He could come up with a cool vibe for us. That would be fun. You know Lauv? Come on, you don't know why? I've
1: maybe. I've heard some stuff. that's <laughs> fantastic. I I feel like I would say like Cynthia Revo or. Oh um,
0: yeah, that would be amazing.
1: Or even Alan Stone. Alan Stone, like Sarah Bareilles kind oh. of vibe.
0: Yeah,
2: I think that's nice. Good. <laughs> you, ben, said, I mean, you said you said one I go. gave you. Oh, Ben Platt would,
1: be, ben amazing, Platt would yeah. be amazing. Ben would be awesome. You asked for one, we gave you seven. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> please, please contact us if you'd like to stay with us. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> there you go. We're putting it out there. Come on, uh, come on, world. We got thirty thousand yeah. listeners. One of them's got to know one of those people. That's all there is. <laughs> uh, I hope so. We'll have to see what happens here. <laughs> all right, well, let's jump into the TikTok a little bit. I mean it's such a new and kind of exciting platform the thing i love about it is how you guys are really taking advantage of it and even adding the kind of sing-alongs to it you're arranging it so other people can sing with you that was an amazing idea talk about how the experience has been on this whole tiktok bandwagon
1: i don't know i mean i think we can all talk on it a little bit but for us tiktok was random uh uh I asked these guys if I could throw it up on my, uh, throw into the unknown on my TikTok as the first TikTok I ever posted. And of course, that's the one that gets almost 4 million views. So, like, we kind of just <laughs> got thrown into it into
0: the by,
1: unknown. well, yeah, literally yeah. into the unknown. It was a platform that, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, like, dad vibes, right? <laughs> um, but uh, so I think we've all been kind of learning the platform as we continue to post. And it's been, kind of really um, interesting to see. I think the idea for the duettable versions of our songs kind of came from a lot of, or at least um, a lot of the TikToks I see on my For You page is, uh, uh, are are, are um, duet-style type, duet style videos where someone might be playing the piano and, and you get to sing along or, or someone's singing a song and, and they want you to sing the other part that is normally like a famous duet or, or something like that. And so the idea... Especially during quarantine, we each have channels, uh, individual tracks with our, with our notes on them. It's pretty easy to just take away the melody for the majority of the arrangement. You just kind of mute it, and then you're left with uh, the rest of the arrangement we've made, and other people can sing along. And honestly, it ha- that, that has been my favorite part of TikTok so far, is watching all these fans just like really be excited and, and sing along with us. It's, it's just so, so, so cool. cool. I
4: love it's it. Kind of yeah, fun. yeah.
0: I bet. Uh, TikTok
4: is so I it's confusing. It's, confused. it's a weird place. <laughs> it's a weird platform. I can even it's so it's just
3: so it's super interesting because nobody's TikTok feed is like anybody else's. Right. Like it very whatever the algorithm is so quickly gets you to whatever corner of things that you specifically liked. That like the videos I see are completely different than the videos that Jim and Brendan see. Mm-hmm. Um, right so it's like it's very it's hard to figure out like where your place is as a creator Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we're just trying to do everything just whatever we feel like doing and maybe whatever people people like like that's great you know that's kind
4: of the vibe I think we're kind of like there's I don't know if there's a formula to how it works so we're kind of just like put a bunch of content out and hopefully People will vibe with it, and if they don't, you know that's okay. yeah had a good time, <laughs> yeah, we had fun making it, so
2: that's, that's great absolutely there you go. That's the important thing. Let's go around to each of you and ask um what song has been maybe the most challenging to mix um that you maybe weren't expecting, and what song has been your favorite so far? Jim, we'll start with you, oh, oh uh, gosh. <laughs> all of
1: them are difficult to mix for me because this is, uh, it's kind of my first uh, foray into any real audio production. Uh, so I'm kind of like learning as I go, but I think I it's hard for me to, to name my favorite song. So I I I tend to put them in two categories. My, my favorite Stairwell video, I'm pretty sure is When the Party's Over, our um, Billie Eilish cover that we put out. I think it was right. the third song we did. I, I really kind of felt like we were finding our just like feel as a group and our, our sound uh, together. So I was proud of that one and quarantine style. I think, Oh boy, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go part of your world. I think part of your world is just kind of like one of the, we just kind of click Everyone kind of has like, the, not only their own standout moment, but when we sing together, it just kind of like meshes uh, particularly well. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. What do you guys think?
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Ooh
3: what's the i'd say the the hardest one just like performing wise for me probably the all, the, the ones we did at the beginning we were just like sending it so we're like ready? in you know, the it is honestly probably the hardest one cuz we were just like <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, but like my favorite my favorite ones to perform i always go back and forth between eye to eye which is one of the recent ones but just because i love a goofy movie so so much like (laughs) i watched that on repeat as a child i love it um and then i really like talk the we just posted the throwback of that today but the the khalid song talk because i just really like that song and that and that vibe and the way we ended up doing it is super fun
2: yeah right that's awesome okay and brendan I
4: would say I, it kind of changes day by day, but I always go back to same with Jim. I always go back to part of your world. I, I really enjoyed filming and singing that song. Uh, and I liked the costume change that we did. <laughs> yeah, that. That's right. <laughs> um, I also really, really liked singing uh, your song by Elton John. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. So I kind of, I remember suggesting that tune, um, and we were like, I don't know if it's gonna work for three-part harmony, and because it's such a classic song and it works so well the way it is. Um, so I was really happy to to hear how it sounded. when we all it. Um, So I would say your song, "A Part of Your World," and and it, oh, you were asking the mo- one of the most difficult ones. I had two that were so challenging for me. <laughs> um, I know why. Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, one was um, out out there from the Hunchback was just so hard. Like, the arrangement, I was just going from low to high, like, the whole time, and right. it, it was it was fun. Once I finally got it, it was I was so satisfied, because I was like, oh my gosh, I finally did it, and it, it took so long, but uh, that one was tough. Also, uh, New York, New York, we did this, like, mashup of a New oh, York yeah. song. That, that took me, like, three hours to get. It was crazy um, to learn the arrangement and sing it. It was hard, but I'm also really happy with how that turned out.
2: So. Yeah, that's
1: one of my favorites. That I, kind of, I kind of forget about stuff like that. So many of We're going to play
2: point. that one out later. Yeah, I think that was an amazing oh, master Yeah, that, that was fantastic. I love that. All yeah. right, very cool. Well, let's talk for a second to uh, theater here. I mean, we've had theater closed down now, going to be closed down until probably January, which is very, very sad to me. But I think we have like Hamilton now on Disney plus and we got to talk about you guys on Disney plus in a second, but we have Hamilton oh, yeah. Disney plus and we have Broadway HD and things happening now. Do you see hopefully in the future, maybe where actors and some behind the scene can start seeing some royalties that we can start getting theater out there to the masses more? Cause are we going to find a new, maybe way to start seeing theater in the future, or are we just going to have to wait to get back to where we were? Uh, I mean, I I, I hope we we find a way to
3: to just support the industry and all these these artists and people connected to the industry financially until we can get back. I mean, it's never going to be normal again, but as close as we can but it, it's a pain and it's difficult and everyone's going through a hard time, but there is a bright side that it's, it's forcing us to, to come up with creative solutions and creative ways to perform for people and, and to get in front of people. Um, and it's obviously not the same. There's nothing like being in front of people or, or, and, and the, just the, the vibe and the energy of an audience. But Uh, at least now we we have these these tools in our our back pocket to for the industry to to you know maybe reach out to more people not everybody can afford to come to new york and and can afford broadway shows and everything so i think we're gonna we have the as a performing industry in general have made a lot of strides as in terms of accessibility because of this which I think it's going to help us in the long run, but obviously we can't wait to get back in front of people. There's nothing like it.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I bet, definitely. No, and I've said it a bunch on quite a few shows now, but I think the thing that I do like about the streamings, and it comes across very much with you guys, but with everyone out there doing things, even benefits for actors funds and stuff like that, I think we're really seeing authenticity now with people having to do this from home. I think we're getting personalities behind the performances. I mean, I just want to go play pinball with Patty LaPone. That's all I want to do. Uh, <laughs> kind of, you get to find that kind of fun background stuff that I think is kind of cool. And you guys each, I love how you're kind of each given and having your own days where you're talking about the group. And just mm-hmm. but just seeing you guys do your performances, you kind of get a little of the background with whatever the background you happen to be. I think that kind of authenticity is one of the things that's bringing you guys so real and getting so much success because it's really you guys showing the love of your song, which is fantastic.
1: Yeah, we appreciate that. That's all we can hope for, really.
2: I, I don't want to talk too much, but just it's
3: <laughs> watching all these these benefits and everything has been really nice as an actor to see like like Patti Lupone and like Broadway names basically have to to film a Mm self-tape so like it it just it just like shows you that everybody is is doing this and everybody's kind of on the same page and has to go through the same stuff which is is pretty it's it's a good motivator for sure exactly but yeah anyway that's great
2: (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) all right well, guys, we got to start wrapping it up now. Let's kind of uh, let's see what we should finish it off with. Let's uh, finish us up with what the goals for the future are. I'm sure you guys weren't expecting this to happen as it's happening, unfolding so quickly in front of you. Where do you hope to take it from here once Broadway starts opening up? Are you guys going to hopefully take us on the road? You're going to find yourself in your own theater. We're going to be in Joe's Pub sometime soon, seeing you guys? Mm-hmm. Or what's the goals out here? Well, I just
1: know? I don't know. I think the easiest way to say it is uh, we're hoping that the sky's the limit. I mean, you know, we want to record an album, we want to tour. You know, it's it is insane to me that because of places like TikTok and Instagram, this is true, but we have a manager now and we have a booking agent. So we're we're hoping that once, even if even if we can start in small venues that are socially distanced, you know, maybe we can really start to get out there. Um, and I just yeah, everything from that to a, to a record deal. Uh, you know, I, I see no reason why we can't aim big, aim high, you know? So uh, you that's what I'm hoping for anyway.
4: Yeah. I, I think I'm on the same page as Jim. I think, I think we all are. We're just kind of hoping to start wherever we can, you know, what, what, if that like performances where we're doing it, you know, via the internet where people can tune in and see if that, uh, that would be great or or social distance uh some way we can get in front of people that way social distance concerts or, or drive in theaters you know they've been doing that kind of thing we're really we're really hoping to uh to do whatever we can to a- allow people to see uh the music that create that we create and uh hopefully get get it in front of as many eyes as possible and and ears as possible that's a goal so uh yeah. yeah. Whatever
3: happens, we're just going to roll with it. I like it.
0: So, guys, it's been
2: an absolute pleasure getting to know you. I am so impressed with all of your work uh, personally, individually, and as a group together. Uh, Jim, give me uh, the group's social media and your personal social media so my uh, listeners can follow along with both
1: absolutely uh, We have a couple a uh, couple different places so I'll try to be as specific as I can. Uh, on Facebook we are at T.3 official music and it only gets shorter from there so don't worry uh, on Instagram and TikTok we are at T.3 official and on Twitter we are at T underscore three official. Uh, And then all of our, I'll let each, I'll I'll let each of these guys get their own personal socials, but I am at Jim Hogan, two, two, zero, pretty much everywhere. All of my
3: hands
0: are just uh, at
1: Liam
3: Fennigan. Just my, my full name, Liam, at Liam (laughs) Fennigan.
4: And my hands are at Brendan Jacob Smith for pretty much everything. Yeah. So that's uh, that's There amazing. were 200,
3: 219 other Jim Hogan's first, so that's
1: why he's 220. That's too, so many of us. <laughs> no, that's actually my birthday, February 20th. So I'll be <laughs> expecting gifts from all of your. <laughs> lives. There you
2: go. All right, I like it. Well, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so excited. Stay on the line. We're going to play out a mix, as I said, with New York State of Mind and a couple others here. This is T3. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Stay on the line for me. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network. I found love for me. Darling, just dive right in and
0: follow my lead. I found a love.
2: guys thanks so much to t3 i appreciate all the guys immensely thanks to jim liam and brendan guys you got to check out their work on tiktok on instagram they're just tearing it up love hearing from them and you got to follow them man their music is awesome all right well let's jump into our next interview i found this guy through our buddy matt Matt Kai Burmaster from Canada, Matt Kai has given me a lot of great suggestions and I've been so excited to have these guests on the show this week. So Matt Kai recommended him to me and he is an amazing actor, singer, songwriter, and just killing it all. His new uh, teen movie hit is like just a trailer to a movie, just what it seems like. And he's doing such a great job at it. I'm excited to bring this interview to you, uh, Caleb Rudy, R-U-D-Y. And you can follow him on all the social. We'll give that at the end. But let's start off with one of his older songs. This is his last release. Little Moody, Little Smoky, Literally and Not. It's called Burn. And on the other side, we'll have my interview with Caleb. And I will be back in just a little bit. You're listening to Left of Straight Show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network.
0: Cigarettes lips I can't forget the feeling of yours. Get you go and go to town, babe. How can you say that it was a fake? Do you admit you left me in the thick of it? And I can't sleep at night without you, babe.
2: guys and gals, we are back. That was Burn by my next guest. He was brought to my attention by our new friend, Matt Kai Burnmaster up in Canada, and I'm so glad he introduced us. He's a singer, songwriter, and actor currently based in Los Angeles. His newest single and video teen movie is quite a departure from his literally smoky debut of the song Burn last year, we just heard. Besides his new music, he's been continuing to act in recent work in the web series Flawed the Musical and My Big Fat Blonde Musical, as well as an unreleased dramatic role in a powerful short film. I'm so excited to talk about all this, his background, career, and future goals, so please welcome to Left to Straight Show for the very first time, the handsome and talented Mr. Caleb Rudy. Caleb, how you doing, buddy?
5: Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you for that very flattering intro.
2: Well, you are very welcome. You are a very flatter-worthy person, my friend. You just have a great (laughs) career going, and I'm excited for all the success for you. How are you holding up in beautiful downtown L.A. there? You've been able to be – you guys are going through round two right now of COVID. You've been productive or – kind of mellow or is that just the first two hours of every day?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well um, you know I can't really complain. I think this has been um, a pretty easy ride for me compared to you know probably a lot of people. So at the beginning of um, this whole COVID thing I went up and spent a couple months with my family um, and that was really like generative and, and just nice to be with them and now I'm back in LA and Able to work on my music and um, kind of take it easy, so I really, I really have no complaints.
2: Very nice. That's awesome. Well, talk about uh, your family and growing up a bit. Where did you grow up, and what kind of a kid were you back in the day?
5: Oh man. Um, well, I moved a lot. So uh, I was born in Colorado, and at the time, my dad was a school teacher, and then we moved to Virginia for him to go to seminary to become a Presbyterian pastor. And then we moved to Montana, Iowa, and California. Finally, for his kind of interim, first and last churches, Um, and then he went back to being a school teacher when I was in high school. So it was, you know, a lot of moving. Um, And I think that the fact that I'm a pastor's kid probably tells you a lot already, for good (laughs) or for bad, Um, and probably all of it's true. And yeah, I think that I was definitely a pretty social kid. I was a big talker. I remember getting in trouble a lot in class for talking um, (laughs) and always had, always had, you know, a couple really close friends. Um, Although I think that kind of in retrospect, as I've kind of pieced it all together and I can see that there was definitely a sense of being an outsider all of that time. I think that that is probably a very common experience for people who moved a lot. Right. Just Given that, like, you are the new kid pretty frequently and also, you know, your kind of life is uprooted and you end up losing friends or losing contact. And so um, in that regard, it's kind of it places you on the outside in a way that's pretty unique. And I'm grateful for all of that. But it's, you know, it's uh, it was that shaped my experience. And so particularly when I was living in Iowa, that was the grades of second to sixth grade. And that's really formative. Um, you know moving into a town of like 250 people and going to a school wow. that's like five cities com- or towns combined and still only like 60 kids per grade um, like you really are the the new kid and you probably will be the new kid for the next yeah, however long you're living there
3: um, <laughs> I
5: bet and you know being like a little queer kid and having some effeminacy has definitely led to especially in rural the rural Midwest led to quite a of um you know just like bullying and things like that um but it was you know it it shaped me you know and um I think at that time I was also able to find outlets for myself in the form of music and writing and dancing putting on little choreographed uh shows to in sync for my family and things like that uh, private outlets even if you know at that time and in that place there wasn't much in the way of the arts in that area I think it's more of a sports heavy particularly if you're a boy you know it's kind of assumed that you'll be in baseball and so I spent quite right. a bit of time in the summer in the outfield uh, daydreaming about doing something other than <laughs> not catching the ball <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah I mean beyond that like I was still a very sociable kid and I um, definitely had lots of good experiences, good friendships too. And um, yeah, but I, I found the arts pretty early on and stuck with them. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. What kind of music was in the house growing up? Did you, were you influenced by that? Or what was some of your music early influences and where did you find them? Oh, man.
5: Uh, Well, I have two. I have three older sisters, uh, two biological ones. And um, with with them, I definitely received quite a bit of music from them or just like hearing them play their music. And um, so my sister, Rachel, was definitely into 90s, you know, alternative rock and introduced me to, to Radiohead. And Jewel and uh people like that Rebecca was into the Goo Goo Dolls and Matchbox 20 and so I received a lot of that and then you know for my curation I was listening to I think my first couple of CDs were like Sync and 90 Degrees and Hansen um and so I grew up with kind of all of that um and I think that you know, when I first started writing my own music, that was around the time, I mean, I was a teenager at that time. And, you know, you're at that point in your life, you are really uh, striving to um, kind of establish your uniqueness and your musical taste kind of reflects that. And so I was uh, (laughs) listening, you know, to my older sister's stuff. I was listening to Radiohead and Jewel and things like that. And that was influencing my, uh, what I was writing. And, what I listen to, but pop has still been there, you know, the entire time since I, since I was a kid and all the way through. So um, sure. that's been a huge influence too.
2: Very, very cool. And you talked about being a queer kid. I mean, you recently came out as bisexual. Talk about mm-hmm. that. When did you kind of first start coming out to yourself and, and you have that a chance since kind of admitting it publicly, are you finding your LGBTQ tribe or how is that going? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, my
5: coming out experience has been kind of uh, long and arduous. It was um, actually, well, here, I'll go back to your first question when I kind of came out to myself. I definitely think that there was attractions happening, you know, pretty early on as soon as there are attractions for any kid. Um, But it wasn't like an identity until I was a teen. I had my first big, you know, obsessive crush on another pastor's kid in the town, and she was a couple of years older than me. And that was my first kind of big crush. And then uh, my second one was on a guy who I was in some community plays with. And, you know, that was actually, uh, he, I think he had made some kind of offhand comment to, to someone else. And it's like, oh, like he loves a cute kid. And of course, you know, I kind of took that. to like, what? Like he thinks I'm cute? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that a, a guy could think I was cute. And he probably, it was probably a very innocuous comment on his part. But I was like, you know, kind of became pretty infatuated with him from that point on. And that was the first real crush on a guy, I guess. And then as far as coming out goes, I did actually, um, well, my parents found out when I was in high school Um, and that was a pretty painful uh, experience, you know, just growing up as a pastor's kid, you can assume that there's going to be some turbulence upon them finding out and, you know, I was also outed at school in, like, sort of my immediate friend circle, I think, the next year. And so that was, you know, like, that kind of sends you on a, a strange journey, kind of having your, your story or your narrative kind of ripped out and right. put on display before you're ready for it, too. And I think at the time, I also didn't feel like I could fully... Talk about my side of the story, you know. I kind of just like let it hang there in the air and let people talk about it without me necessarily addressing it.
0: Right.
5: And I then, after I graduated high school and I was like 18 and 19, I definitely like came out to all of my close friends and my sisters and. Um, You know, I mean, was for all, you know, intents and purposes out like when I went to college and it wasn't until I came back home after college and started, I really had a coming back to to faith moment after that um, and drew really close to God. But inside of those circles, you know, those um, Christian circles, there was a feeling that I I didn't necessarily think I wouldn't be accepted, but particularly at the time I, I ended up in a couple of positions of leadership, like at a Christian camp and at a church. And so it was more right. about like omitting, you know, I, I feel like the people who hired me probably assumed and knew, but like there was maybe an assumed sense on my part that it was necessary to omit or just not talk about my sexuality. And so that also meant right. like not talking about it on social media and kind of feeling a little bit muzzled in that regard. And you know, at the time, it felt like that was okay, that, that was enough. Um, but more recently, I mean, just, you know, over the, the quarantine, I did, as, as with most people, I think we probably all saw people figuring out what was most important to them during quarantine, and, you know, either right. coming out sexually, or, you know, e- maybe on their political stances, posting more actively about, you know, Black Lives Matter, or there is a lot of people, and including me, were just thinking about what was most important, and so at that time I felt it was finally time to kind of address it publicly, even though I would say majority either knew or assumed, but certainly in these kind of Christian circles, it was really for them that I was keeping it off of um, social media, and I decided to just kind of pull the plug, and yeah, so that, and I think that there was also, in terms of being bisexual, it was, you know, there were some friendships where I would kind of just let people assume that maybe I was just totally gay and, or maybe in the Christian circles, let them assume whatever they were assuming, if it was straight or, or gay or what, but to actually say, no, like the, I'm, I'm comfortable with my sexuality. I'm comfortable with my attractions. and I know that they encompass a lot more than, um, you know, just being gay. Um, that felt pretty powerful too. As I'm sure you know, there's quite a bit of maybe push back from all sides in terms of male bisexuality and whether people you know, right. believe, you, believe you or not. So it was actually really, really well received. And I couldn't be happier with the response, you know? Um, I'm so, so glad it's to been, hear that,
2: yeah.
5: It's been really good. And I think that this time around I was fully ready. So, and I was able to articulate my experience and be in control of my narrative in a way that I wasn't when I was 16, 17. And so take control of my narrative again was brought me to tears at one point, you know, like the reception really and and feeling autonomous and feeling like the author was a really redemptive moment, like it rewrote a lot of, you know, trauma. So it was good.
2: That is awesome. I love hearing that, dude. And it's so kind of, especially, I mean, it's hard steps, especially when you're out in the entertainment industry, we think it's such an open and affirming type profession, but there's still a lot of everywhere. There's all sorts of feelings on everything, let alone sexualities being one of them. So it, it can be kind of scary to wondering what's happening from them, but you have such talent. You're so creative in not only your performing, but your writing and everything else. Have you kind of got that confidence back since then that this is just another step in your path?
5: I think so, definitely. I mean, especially being connected to you, and this is my first podcast, like this feels like a really cool milestone that wouldn't have, uh, the opportunity wouldn't have been presented to me had I kind of stayed in the closet on social media. So, yeah, I think when you feel empowered and in control in your personal life, it has to kind of bleed into your professional life and lead you to making bolder choices and things that are just completely yours. So I... See it as a huge, huge positive, and it is a little scary, but it feels like the timing is perfect. So
2: that is awesome. Well, congratulations, my friend, and this is just the first of many. You're going to be noticed quite a bit, my friend. I appreciate it. I'll I'll set you up with as many interviews as you want to do. I know a lot in LA, so you tell me. We'll get you out there because you have some talent, my friend. Let's start with the acting, and we'll finish mm-hmm. up on music because that's kind sure. of what you're doing right now. But you're doing a little bit of mm-hmm. it all start about the acting experience for you what's that mean to you as far as I mean your music is one thing acting's the other you got musical roles you have this powerful short film that you sent me it hasn't even been released yet talk Mm -hmm. about what the experience of acting means to you what's it like yeah well I found acting
5: really I would say last in terms of artistic outlets I Became an actor, I guess, when I was in uh, junior high, and I had moved to California finally, and there was opportunities for it. I mean, like as soon as I knew, oh, there's like a community play, like this, you know, I like <laughs> joined and started really enjoying that. And you know, I think that when you're younger, acting, and the same as music, it, it can feel like a form of self-expression, and sort of like you're finding yourself in the character, and so that you're like expressing yourself through the character, but as I've gotten older and also as I've pursued music and felt a very strong sense of expression in that acting has definitely become a lot more about like losing yourself in a role um, Mm -hmm. or exploring a character's psyche or, you know, I feel that definitely it's changed for me and it's more about just enjoying being someone else and being and being a part of someone else's vision too because with music, it's like, it's me, 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 me. Like, I can't tell you after the 12-hour shoot for the Burn music video and emoting <laughs> as myself, like only me in front of the camera, I was like, is anyone else tired of me? <laughs> because I am <laughs> ready to be somebody else, um, preferably something funny and fun. So, Hilarious. yeah, acting is definitely, it's, a joy to be a part of someone else's vision and just be like a color that they're using, you know, on their canvas rather than being like in control of it and always on screen, you know, it's um, that's been really cool. And I guess, yeah, that's what it, that's what it means to me and um I moved to LA about four years ago and it was a little bit more about the acting at the start and I'm still 100% pursuing it but music has started to percolate quite a bit more in the past two years so I'm enjoying that now too in terms of actually putting it out obviously I've been writing for a really long time but to really be publishing it and be putting it out on Spotify and iTunes has been awesome
2: very cool Well, and you're able to combine it. Like I said, you've worked with a couple of musical projects now in film. You've really immersed yourself, which is what I think what's going to make you so successful. I mean, you've done everything from the directing part to the editing to the writing. Is the acting as fulfilling as doing all the the behind-the-scenes stuff now that you've tried a little bit of it all? Yeah. I mean, I think that
5: I actually went to school for filmmaking, and I, thinking I was going to do that, At first, and that was mainly because I I mean I did certainly enjoy filmmaking, but my parents did want me to get a degree, and for some reason like that felt a little bit more practical than like um, an acting degree. But you know, as I learned after graduating, it's really going to take like just as much work to to get started behind the scenes as in front of it. I mean, you're going to start as a PA regardless of if you have a degree, you know, and similarly as an actor, you're going to like maybe start a background or in a student film or with music, you're going to like be playing shows at a coffee shop. So once I kind of realized that and had my sister, Rebecca, kind of reinforce where I was going, you know, she was like, you know, I I really think that music is where you're headed. That was affirming. And so knowing that it was going to take just as much work to do, do filmmaking, which was definitely secondary, I was like, I might as well put in the work to do exactly what I want, which is music and acting. And um, in that regard, absolutely, it's f- uh, super fulfilling to, to be in front of the camera or to, to be making the music. And at this point in my life, I do feel like it's more fulfilling to be kind of in, in those roles rather than um, behind behind the scenes.
2: Very nice. And talk about, like I said, you've done both from musical to drama to the serious drama. What do you find is the hardest part or what do you find maybe the most enjoyable part of immersing yourself in these roles? I would say
5: that the most enjoyable part is when I'm given a role that requires some sort of challenge, maybe like physically. I know that with the musicals, um, for one of them, I played a personal trainer and so I really had to be on top of the way that my body looked so that I could be convincing. (laughs) And so there was quite a bit of you know, preparation in that regard. And then for the other musical flawed, I, you know, had a couple dance numbers. And so, you know, preparing for those, making sure I looked like I knew what I was doing. That is, whenever there's a a challenge, like that feels really good. And also when there's a, a physical challenge to a role, like I had an audition for a role where I would have been playing street basketball in a scene, and I don't have much or if any experience in that. So learning how to convincingly, you know, play that. And that was really, really exciting. And then to pull off some of those moves, like in, you know, the callback was super cool. So what I enjoy most is the challenge that I can get from a role, particularly if it's physical in terms of like drama or comedy. I really like both. And I think that they both present unique challenges on their own and forms of expression, comedy, comes pretty easily to me, maybe in a way that drama is more challenging. So either way, though, it's a blast. I like them both.
2: There you go. Very, very cool. And do you hope to uh, do pilot season once things go up and running again? Or what is your... Uh, goals for the future in acting if you if you had some choices what would you like to see happening
5: definitely yeah going out for a pilot season or episodic season if there's going to be one this year i'm not sure i've actually i'm just becoming sag this year so kind of spent the first four oh, yeah. years here thank you yeah so i established you know Got footage from my demo reel, essentially doing a lot of non-union stuff and experience under my belt. And I've got my ZAG waivers now. You know, I'm like ready to go. So I'm going to be joining this year and hopefully means I'm you know going to be getting some opportunities that I couldn't have before. So, I mean, hey, I would be super grateful to just have a couple... You know, an under five on a show Like, I'm, you know, <laughs> still I'm still building that resume So I'm just, I'm looking forward to whatever the future brings
2: I like it Well, let's foray into music then um, I think you're going to do so well, my friend And I'm going to introduce you to a couple people That I think would you'd be great to work with So we, we will make sure this happens And you just have some talent, my friend Watching that one drama reel you did You are amazing So congratulations Thank,
5: thank you <laughs> I really appreciate that. All right.
2: Let's talk about, I mean, you did about four years ago, you started off with a four-track demo, and that was definitely more of a rock, hard rock sound. The big debut of Burn kind of really mellowed it down quite a bit, and now you're in pop. Talk mm-hmm. about the kind of transitions going from there. What did What did you feel during that 2016 time when you are kind of really rocking out, and then what brought Burn about?
5: Hmm. Um, oh man. I I think that over time I've just really not only grown as an artist, but I think found where I'm meant to be. Yeah, that mm-hmm. first four track demo Trouble Found Me was definitely a little bit more rock and it was I don't know. I was listening to more rock at that time, and so some of the influences on that were um I really like this punk band called Brand New and you know there was a couple of mellow tracks on that too that might you know, be like into Jewel or something like that. Again, more of the stuff that I was into as a teenager and kind of being passed down by my sister. So I was pursuing, kind of pursuing that sound and and really enjoying it. But you know, with the demo, I didn't really know what to do with that after that. I mean, I posted online. I wasn't sure how to pursue putting it in anyone else's hands i mean it was just my first shot at oh like this is my music i've worked on this with a producer and in that way it was a stepping stone but it wasn't you know necessarily like launching me into anything <laughs> after that um <laughs> and then with burn i burn was actually a, something i wrote for the short film that i uh sent over to you old house um it was halfway through the week that we were shooting that I wrote it because the director Kumlin asked me like, hey, in the final scene, um, oh, and just to set this up for anyone who's listening, like Old House was a, a music-based film. It was about a, a band and this guy trying to get this band back together. It was a queer film. And so I played a musician and she was like, you know, if you want to play something for the closing credits, you could either do a cover of this band that we have a sync deal with or you can write something on your own. And then halfway through the week I was in the headspace of the character. And so I pulled from a couple different relationships and, you know, friendships, I quasi, you know, romantic friendships I had been involved in. And then also wrote a little bit in the perspective of the character as well, so that it would apply. And so all of that constellation of stories combined to create burn and, It was definitely more of like a minor key, mellow, you know, very sad, (laughs) um, melancholy song. And I mean, I was writing a lot of that at the time already. So it was by no means a stretch for me, but it was um, a super cool, cool way to write. Like I'd never, you know, written for a film before, certainly. So, you know, then I think a year or two after that was finished, the film was shot. I just wanted to release it on my own and I wanted to, you know, put a music video out and have it be my first original single on, on platforms. And so that's kind of the story
2: behind burn. Well, you found a great team for it. I mean, it's beautifully shot. Like you said, it is all you, my friend, you are just up there, but you are emoting the hell out of it. Uh, (laughs) Talk about that experience. Because you did a little bit, you edited it. You obviously you wrote the song. You're performing the song. This is your baby. Talk about what that was like bringing it from start to finish. The video part.
5: Yeah, the video that was really serendipitous. The man, you know, it was really just a three man shoot. It was me, the director, and the director of photography. And everyone, or um, those guys, were just so talented. And I had, you know, kind of come up with the original concept of wanting it to be. The, the original treatment was, okay, this is a morning uh, waking up after a night of heavy drinking and just sort of that shameful routine of covering up your hangover and kind of just trying to get out of bed because the song is about being in that headspace where you're not over someone and you, you are either, you know, poisoning yourself with alcohol or just with constant rumination, just um, thinking about that person right. all the time. So I wanted to capture that. And then uh, the director took that and kind of multiplied it so that it was not just one morning, but kind of several days and uh, several nights but the whole thing was me on this bed so you see me like brushing my teeth on the bed and you see me like shaving on the bed so the whole thing is right there um to kind of capture that cyclical experience you never see me leave my apartment so my character or, or me um I'm essentially just stuck there in in this headspace and in this life So then at the same time, it was still pretty hands on, you know, it was definitely a collaborative experience between all three of us. But on the day of the shoot, I was taking direction, you know, trying different ways to emote. And then with the editing, I think I edited maybe 70%, 60% of it. That was really cool, too, because I got to use my film degree. And I really enjoy editing, too, especially to music. So so then Put It All Out did feel really powerful. You know, it felt like I had made a lot of very specific choices, and we saw them to completion, and it was all me. I mean, it was just me on screen (laughs) for, like, four minutes. So there's... (laughs) You know, um, so I got to act in it as well. So that was super cool. And then I have to say, you know, after I did that, I felt like I had said what I needed to say in regards to that experience and to that headspace I had been when I wrote it or the experiences I had leading up to writing it. I felt like I had told my
2: story. There you go. And now we're 180 degrees. We have teen movie out. You have people aplenty. We're not three people anymore. You got all sorts of people. You <laughs> costumes you have dancing numbers uh, great Footloose vibes about how this song came to you and how much fun was it to put together it looks like it was a lot of hard work maybe but it's so much fun
5: thank you I'm glad you liked it certainly a lot more people involved and quite a bit more work uh, than the first one Yeah, so this past year and a half has been a pretty intense journey for me. Definitely one where I'm coming into my own. And strangely, uh, really what I'm seeing as a return to form in this sort of serendipitous and kind of like redemptive way. Um, I think I mentioned to you earlier that I, as a kid, would listen to NSYNC and, um, you know, put little shows on for my family, little dance routines. And really that dream of being kind of like a pop artist and, and having dancing be a part of my thing somehow fell away or went on the back burner as I got into more serious music and maybe had life experiences that, you know, drew me to more melancholy sounds, that dream kind of went away. So then to have that come like resurface and to decide to dance in my music video and um, have it be a pop song was really like a full circle moment. But how I got to that full circle moment was I was already feeling at the beginning of 2019 or maybe after releasing burn that I had, again, like kind of said what I needed to say about those experiences and was ready for something a little bit more light. But beyond that, I went through a breakup at, you know, a couple months into 2019. And I didn't want to really like play burn live. I I didn't really want to write anything in that vein. I, I wanted to feel better and I wanted to I think maybe subconsciously write things that were going to make me feel better but certainly at the time I was listening to a lot of pop because it just kind of was helping me out of a dark place and then it was I can't remember the exact day or the month but when Katy Perry released her music video for Never Really Over I remember that night I was really enjoying it and kind of enjoying her return to form. You know, she had been a little melancholy or moody for for a minute, but was kind of returning back to her fun, happy, for for lack of a better word, (laughs) you know, music that was just a little bit more upbeat. And so I went to bed after watching that. And the next morning I woke up, the first draft of Teen Movie fell out of me as I'm, you know, playing the guitar. And then I was kind of at a crossroads because I was feeling like, I really like this song, but it's also different than anything I've written. And it's different than what I just put out. And so there was some fear there, like, am I going to be able to write more of songs like this? But I decided to go forward with recording it. And while that was happening, one of the co-owners of the publishing company that was representing or is representing Burn for um, TV and Film Sync, wanted to start writing with me, and a couple sessions in, we just got on a roll of writing pop songs, and even some country, you know, to pitch He's for other nice. artists, but it just, like, it was very serendipitous, like, perfect person to come into my life, and kind of just start partnering with with me, and writing more pop music, and so we actually, on the third session, we wrote my next uh, single that's going to come out after Teen Movie that I'm working on right now in the studio, but anyhow, yeah, I, I don't know, it just, it all was kind of Meant to be I think <laughs> And So then um, in terms of the Teen mu- movie music video I tend to get a lot of good ideas When I step away from my You know n- normal routine And so when I had gone to visit my parents Oh I should also mention why I wrote teen movie I had gone up to visit my parents So like the next time I went up I got the idea for the photo shoot For the album cover And also for the, oh, nice. like, for the, like the Treatment for the music video and so I started piecing that together and I approached a director, Krista, who had mentioned to me after seeing Byrne that she would want to work with me. And um, we, you know, I approached the director of photography from Byrne to to be a part of it. And it started coming together. And, it, you know, because the whole thing, the whole thing is dance. I don't think there's a moment where there's not some kind of either dance or like choreographed movement happening <laughs> you know, I, I got a choreographer on, on board who I'd worked with on Flawed the Musical um, and saw how great he was. And so put together really this kind of like little dream team. And then things started percolating even more after that, got some friends that I knew from Flawed the Musical and from other places to like, you know, jump on board, um, met the girl from the music video in a dance class that I was attending um, and got her on board. And it was just a lot of rehearsal and a lot of buying costumes and (laughs) just uh, but it was really an exhilarating experience again because it was a challenge to do it and with the choreographer pushing me in in ways that I hadn't danced before or done before um, and kind of returning back to you know little fourth grader me kind of dancing for my family it it was just a really cool full circle thing and then we actually shot the music video the day before everything shut down in LA so we got it shot on 15th and that was the date for a long time so it was very serendipitous that it, we were able to shoot it out right before things closed down and i was able to enter post-production after that while i was visiting my family the editing and i couldn't be happier with how it turned out and i'm just really excited for what's going to happen next i'm excited for the next single like i'm excited for the new direction i'm taking it feels like there's a lot of freedom in pop music that maybe i or didn't have before uh, because you don't you're not restricted to it is one genre but within the realm of pop you can be influenced by several different other genres and you can kind of create these little, you know, fantasies. I think actually Katy Perry said something about that, about how her music videos are like bite-sized fantasies and I'm definitely feeling um, a connection to that with teen movie. So yeah, I'm sorry, that was a really long answer but (laughs) hopefully I got (laughs) to your point.
2: No, and congratulations I think it it sums that up perfectly I think you said it very well and I'm excited to hear your new stuff. Talk about how have you been doing? Are you looking at all these streaming and stuff going out there? Are you kind of planning your next steps musically? Are you going to start doing some streamings? Are you starting to look for club dates? Do you like performing live? Have you done that much? Talk about that side of it.
5: Yeah, I guess I'm not really sure what's going to happen. We're, I guess none of us are really sure. And also, I imagine that maybe the way I'm doing that would have to change. I can't say have a ton of experience um, Playing my own music live, I was a worship leader at the Christian camp and also at a a couple, or at least one church. So there's, I have a lot of experience playing live, but far less playing my own music live. Um, And certainly now that it's veering away from just being acoustic sounds, I I don't know how this is going to look. I guess I'm going to have to cross that bridge. (laughs) when I come to it but I mean I think that there's a pretty big opportunity right now to be putting stuff online and doing streams like you just mentioned and I really ought to start taking advantage of that more I think a lot of people are being super uh, resourceful with kind of what we're going through right now people are really making cool stuff so I need to jump on that for sure
2: there you go and and I mentioned before a couple times on the show during this entire COVID thing that it really is bringing out Authenticity in people. I mean, it's kind of fun just mm. seeing the background of people coming from their own homes, stripping themselves down. I mean, I just want to go play pinball in Patty Lapone's basement. I've said that many times. <laughs> just, I think authenticity is kind of ruling right now, and you have that feel about you, my friend. So I think that's just going to do nothing but uh, propel you forward. So, congratulations on all of that. That's awesome. Thank
5: you. Yeah, thank you for that. Oh,
2: we gotta start wrapping it up now. Let's go ahead and let all the listeners know where they can find you, where they can find your music, where they can find you on social media,
5: and uh, hopefully the next Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm on pretty much any streaming platform that you can find. So if you're on Spotify or Apple or SoundCloud, YouTube, really anything else, you can find me there under just Caleb Rudy. That's Caleb with a K um, and Rudy with a D. And um, Mm -hmm. I'm also on Instagram, so um, it's just Caleb.Rudy and I'm on YouTube as well. So I have the music video for Burn and the music video for a Teen Movie up there. And You can just, you know, search for Caleb Brody. Uh, I would love, you know, for people to kind of watch that and get a sense of who I am and what I'm going for. And yeah, well, I feel like there was another question that I, I'm not remembering.
2: Just if there's anything in the forward that we should be on the lookout for. What are we going to be looking for in the future for you?
5: you said oh, yeah. Do you have a song,
2: yeah. you have an approximate date you're going to try to get the song out by?
5: Yeah, so I actually just jumped in the studio uh, with the same producer from Teen Movie and Burn, and this time we're working on three songs all at once. So I do plan on putting those out, maybe with a couple months in between each of them, but I'm thinking at the end of – near the end of this year like in the fall or maybe the winter and then yeah every couple months after that so I'm not sure what shooting a music video for any of that would look like right now (laughs) but it's easy enough to you know be in a studio with a a producer and stay safe so I'm working on those three songs you can Kind of expect to hear more in the same vein of, of Teen Movie coming out later this year in early 2021.
2: There you go. Well, Caleb Rudy, I appreciate being your very first podcast. I hope it's not the last time. we got to have you back when all these things happen. You're an amazing guest, my friend. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Well, stay on the line for me, guys. We are going to play out to the aforementioned Teen Movie by Caleb here. So go ahead and take a listen. I'll be back on the other side. You're listening to Leftist Straight Show. Right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. I know you don't speak everything
0: you think, close to the vest, not on your face. It's a lot on me, all the things you've seen, but honey, that don't mean that's all that you'll see. Take a chance on me. I can love you like a dream movie. So that's Oh that
2: Alrighty, guys, we are back. That was Caleb Rudy. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. I really enjoyed my interviews. Um, I love T3's music. I fall in love with Caleb's music. And just four great guys on the show tonight. So thanks all of them for coming up. Thanks to Jim, Liam, and Brendan from T3. Thanks to Caleb Rudy. Uh, Thanks for sharing your art with us, guys, and keep it up during these crazy times of 2020. Hope you enjoyed the show tonight. We're going to be back tomorrow as we wrap up the week with one final show, show five of five here. Tomorrow night, Friday at 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern time. I will have a great Friday fitness minute with our buddy Jake Dean Taylor. Of course, you know he rotates off with our friend Jason Caceres, but tomorrow is Jake's turn. So he's going to be calling in live for a Friday fitness minute. So be on the lookout for that. Then I have two more brand new, all new interviews for you. First up is going to be Scott Clark out of Maryland. He's an artist and an advocate. Has a very interesting backstory of growing up and, creates these great combination of characters with poetry and funny little sayings, and they have come to the attention of many a celebrity, including a little phone call he got from Cher, uh, talking to Barbara Eden for My Dream of Jeannie, talking with Lonnie Anderson, who has been a friend of ours on the show here. Uh, Joan Rivers mentioned him on stage. This has an incredible story, and we had a great time getting to know each other. And he drew a little character of me, so I will be premiering that tomorrow as well. So that's going to be fun. That Scott Clark up first, and then we're going to have an interview with an amazing writer, director, and producer. Her name is Daphina Roberts out of New York City. She has a great little series called "Giving Me Life" that we're going to talk about, and she just done some amazing work. on her own in all these different products that she's worked on so two great interviews tomorrow a great little Friday fitness minute and it'll be time for the weekend boys and girls so thanks so much for tuning in all week we hope to see you tomorrow please follow on social media if you haven't Uh, for my it's at left of straight always spelled L E F T O F S T R and the number eight that's on Twitter and Instagram There's the Left of Straight show page on Facebook. Profile Scott Fullerton on Facebook. You can send me over a friend request. And then, of course, we have my fantastic interns. They are taking care of Left of Straight Radio and TikTok. So you can follow them at Left of Straight Radio on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at Left of Straight on TikTok, and Left of Straight Radio on Facebook. So that's it. We're going to have a... uh, good show tomorrow, and then enjoy the weekend. I hope you all are doing the same. We'll see you in about 22 hours. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Bye-bye.